Welcome to Abilities, Opportunities, and the Future of Work, a podcast intended to showcase best-in-class practices on burning issues related to disability and employment. I'm Nasha Ely, Business Relations Consultant with the Business Network Division of Michigan Rehabilitation Services, Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with Dr. Sriram Narayanan, Professor of Supply Chain Management at Michigan State University. Hi. Each episode, we will be having conversations with employees, employers, firms, community organizations, not-for-profits, and other state organizations that are doing outstanding work in integrating individuals with disabilities into the workforce and allow them to share their experience and stories. This production is a collaboration between the Eli Broad College of Business at Michigan State University and Michigan Rehabilitation Services. For this episode, we are joined by Kathy West Evans, Director of Business Relations for the NET, also known as the National Employment Team at the Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, or CSABR, and Mike Corso, Co-Founder and President of Disabled Persons, Inc. This is our first of two conversations on the Talent Acquisition Portal also known as TAP. This episode will focus on the history of TAP, the features of TAP that will benefit both individuals with disabilities and businesses, and how TAP can help promote compliance with federal reporting requirements. The talent acquisition portal can be reached at tapability.org. That's T-A-P-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y dot O-R-G. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have Kathy West Evans and Mike Corso, who are going to introduce themselves, and then we'll dive into a great conversation about TAP. Kathy, let's start with you. Well, thank you, Nasha, and thank you for having us here today. Um, My name is Kathy West Evans, and I'm the Director of Business Relations for the National Employment Team, or the NET. And the NET is supported by the Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, which is the membership organization of the 78 BR agencies across the country, every state, the territories, and DC. And through the NET, we provide a network of support to our business customers as we work to develop better career plans for individuals, connecting those to business and building with the end in mind. It's our famous Stephen Covey quote. Thank you so much, Kathy. And Mike Corso? Yeah, hi. Thank you for having me, Nasha. My name is Mike Corso. I'm the president of Disabled Person, Inc., which is a 501c3 organization since 2002. And our mission is disability employment, reducing the unemployment rate of people with disabilities across the board. And we do that in a number of different ways, which I'm sure we'll get into in in the podcast. 
Thank you so much. And we really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule just to sit and chat with us about TAP. So TAP or the Talent Acquisition Portal. I don't know who wants to start, but can you tell us when it was created and why it was created? Well, a lot of the why that drove it um, was as we're working with businesses across the country and working with individuals, our candidates, um, there was an increased request for how do we easily have access to the candidates that the vocational rehabilitation program has to offer anywhere across the country. And for individuals, it was the look at all of the careers that are available across the country and how do we know, even if we live in New Hampshire, but we want to relocate to Michigan, um, how do we know what's available and what companies are open to hiring people with disabilities? So this was dr definitely driven by the need of both customers, the individual with the disability and business. And the key was, where is there an accessible platform? Because a lot of off the shelf um, software is not accessible to people with disabilities, particularly when they use um, assistive technology like screen readers or magnification software or um, voice to text, text to voice. And so um, there was nothing there. So Mike and I uh, met at a conference a couple of times and Mike is a uh, magician um, on the tech side and we both have a, a common mission and that's increasing the employment of individuals with disabilities and working with businesses to really develop career pathways. And so when Mike and I sat down at a conference together, uh, we started talking about, wow, this is really a barrier, what do we do? And then uh, before I knew it, um, we were on a pathway to develop what is now called the Talent Acquisition Portal or TAP. Mike, does that capture it? <laughs> That captured it. Yeah, yeah. We were. I remember the day um, we were at dinner, and you know, Kathy was telling me what what you know her thought process was about this. And I said, "Hold on, let me let me make a phone call." And I went and called our, our developer at the time. I said, "I have this idea. Is that something that that we could do?" And he said, "Anything's possible if you have money. Anything's possible." So I said, "Okay." So I went back and said. It's possible, Kathy, we'll get it done. <laughs> and that was the, the beginning of it, actually. And then from there, we spent, what, the next year surveying business uh, agencies, VR agencies, job seekers, I mean, you name it, the OSCCP, the EEOC, we surveyed everybody on what they thought would be best practice for a portal like that. So we just didn't, you know, make it up. Um, we, it, we took a lot of time, uh, you, know, cert, you know, sending out surveys, getting them in, researching, and then built the portal according to that. Definitely customer driven, not sharing serum. And, um, you know, what's amazing is that we're, we're two nonprofits and we had an idea for innovation and, between us and the support of, of all of these people, we're able to make something happen. And I, I always think that's an amazing thing. So, so that, that's wonderful. I, I just wanted to ask a quick follow-up question, Kathy and Mike. So, well, thank you for, for, for coming to uh, this podcast. 
so what in in your research when you, when you did this what were some of the highlights that you you found that you could share like you know something that absolutely stood out to you uh, where you think tap clearly fills a purpose from that vantage point so for me it was communication right when you have a job portal you know um, a lot of them are just, you know you post the job and then in the employer's wait here in TAP, the thing that stood out was if people wanted to communicate, you know, the, the, the counselors wanted to communicate with the job seeker, the job seeker wanted to communicate with the counselors, the employers wanted to be able to reach out to the candidates, they wanted a way to, to talk with them within the system. So that's how we came up with, with the triangulated emails, right? One goes to the other. So if a, if an employer sends a, a request to the to the job candidate, their counsel also gets that same email. So the counselor knows what's going on, right? And, and that's probably one of the biggest thing about TAP is that it has people behind it. It's communicative, it's community. It's not just there. So there's always somebody backing you up. And I think from my perspective, Sarah, it's, you know, we are developing great relationships with business and a lot of times we hear from a business, we just don't know what we don't know and we're afraid to ask. I'm looking at Nasha because we've had this conversation and building that trust and that relationship so that they can ask and then making it easy for them to access candidates. And I think one of the great features of TAP is the resume builder. We built that with business because business said oftentimes people don't share their skill sets. And this resume builder prompts people to think of things that you may not include in a resume. In addition to your skill sets and your abilities, do you speak a second language? Um, you know, do you have certificates that you may not share because they're not seen as education? Um, so it really prompts you. And, and business helped us build that. That's that's fascinating. Thank you. It, it just brings me to one question before I hand it over again to Nasha here. Could you, could you talk to us a little bit about, because you said businesses are so involved with you, what would you say is TAP by numbers? Like how many businesses you connect with, you know, to, for our audience, uh, how many um, opportunities you provide? So there are about, there's over 400,000 jobs on TAP right now. So there's thousands of employers. In exact numbers, new ones come, Old ones go, you know what I mean? It's, it's, very, it's very dynamic. But um, there's thousands of employers that utilize TAP. The, the, the software has become, you know, it, it's, it's the place, the only place in the country where you can be guaranteed to reach out to, to the demographic of people with disabilities. I mean, because it's invite only. And that's one of the big differences of, of the talent acquisition portal versus other job boards, right? Or, you know, job board is that this is invite only. You can't just go on to it. So we don't deal with, you know, search, Google search or Bing search or whatever. We deal strictly in, we have agencies, multiple, you know, different agencies utilizing the portal, putting their candidates in and the employers know that. And they source, when an employer comes in, they're not sourcing resumes, which they do on, on other portals, they search source candidates themselves because they could reach out 
and talk to them through the email or set up a live chat as well. You know, that brings up a, an, an interesting perspective, Mike, and that is the struggle that businesses have in knowing that they're reaching this population. Um, voluntary self-disclosure has been a real barrier to connecting businesses to this talent pool. And so what we set up in TAP was everyone coming onto the portal checks a box that says, I, I am disclosing that I'm an individual with a disability. And it's because they're related to a VR program or they're being served by the VAs, uh, Veterans Readiness and Employment or an employment network through social security. They don't share any information about their condition, no medical information, but they voluntarily self-disclose right up front. So businesses know that they're accessing the known talent pool. And Mike, wouldn't you say that that was one of the things that businesses ask for right up front? Yeah, yeah, that, that, it's a big thing because pe people in our community have a hard time making that disclosure. Especially, you know, not in an environment like TAP, because they're working with, you know, with, with the agencies and the job developers, but on a, you know, in a general setting, you know, like a, a major job board. I don't want to name names because this is a podcast, right? Um, but they don't want their resume to be in a pile, you know, right. with, you know, oh, this is the disability pile on a major job board because they feel like nothing's ever going to happen because there's 1,500 other applications there. But when, when they apply through tap it, the the application click is digitally tagged so the employer knows that they came from tap they track it so when they get that when they get that application they know that it came from tap and then they know that this person's a, a person with a disability so there's no guesswork but there's no they don't have to ask for disclosure they don't have to do any of that so and it all and it gives the the person with the disability i don't want to say advantage but their resume will be there. There'll be one in five applying for the job and one in three versus one in 1,500 or 500 or whatever. And, and because of the initiative that the company has to hire within the community, they'll look at, they look at the resume. So there's a better chance of them getting that interview. Thank you so much. You mentioned barriers, Kathy, with the, um, the self-disclosure. And, you know, as a counselor who works with tap, I definitely would agree that that can be a concern for some people, but are there any additional barriers that have come up through the system on the business side or the individual with the disability, the candidate side that, that you can speak to and like how, how, how they've been resolved or how can they be resolved or what are some things that people can do to feel, you know, this really isn't a barrier. Well, and I think, Nasha, as you well know, because uh, Michigan's such an integral part of our national employment team, it's having that dialogue with the business right up front. Because when companies are reaching out and saying, we just don't know what we don't know and we're afraid to ask, there's the number one barrier. It's attitudinal. And if businesses are making decisions based on a medical label and not on the talent, that's the barrier. So being able to open the dialogue with the company and have that discussion, build the relationship and build the trust so that they can ask us, you know, if there's a candidate that needs an accommodation, how do we do this? 
and, and, you know, Nasha, your team, the Michigan team has been a big part of that with a lot of companies looking at how to make things more accessible in the work environment and the culture of a company. So if I can sort of dig into that just a little bit more, Kathy and Mike, could you describe to our audience perhaps an example of a business or a best practice that allowed you to place more people with disabilities into a particular business? Oh, you know, they did this really well, worked out fantastic. Maybe everybody should follow suit. Or, or, or in contrast, something, oh, you know, they did not do it very well. We, don't, we are not looking for names, but some ideas around how, how somebody can think about this. Yeah, if I could um, take your question a, a little bit off, off the path of what you was, what you was saying. Um, we, Kathy and I spoke with a, a business, I don't know, when was it, yesterday, Tuesday? <laughs> what day is it? Wednesday, Wednesday. Yeah. And, and the first thing they said to us was, you know, we wanna hire people with disabilities. That's our focus. We don't want to. We don't want to check a box saying that we you know we posted on 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 a board for this. We want to hire, but we don't. We don't really know how to go about dealing, you know, with the community. We, you know, we may need help, you know, understanding an accommodation, and we may need help, you know, in driving um, applications because we're looking for like specific um, job recs. And what? what we gave them and what TAP gives them is that, that community, right? It's like, yeah, we're here to help. Like we, we understand that you do. And we, we actually applaud you for saying that you don't just want to check a box, that you want to be involved, right? And we're here to help. We can make connections, you know, for you. Yeah, we'll answer questions about accommodation for you. You know, you're not just, you're not just um, posting a job or sourcing a resume. If you have a question, call us up and, you know, if we can answer it, we will. We'll help you because our objective is to get the individual hired. I don't know if that helps in any way, but I thought it might. Oh, oh yes, actually, it, it helps great. Uh, of course, I'm, I don't mean to uh, hog Nasha's time here. I'm going to hand over the mic to her in a second. But that takes me to a slightly different question, Mike. So in your experience, do all these companies that have very strong HR programs who interview individuals, are they, do they also have people who are rehab specialists who are open-minded about how to approach the hiring of an individual with disability? I mean, do you think that is a barrier? Or is it, is it uh, when they come and tell you, we don't know how to do this and they want VR support, um, there's got to be some internal voice that sort of acts as a bridge, right? I'm, I'm just thinking aloud here. I think like anything else, there are companies that really want to hire people with disabilities. They have, you know, they, they have that heart too, even though they're compelled to, um, they have a heart too. And then there are companies who are just compelled to, and they don't care. They, they, they come on to tap and they don't utilize it the way that it was built. But we tell them right off the bat, you'll get the most, you'll get the most out of tap the more you put into it. If you get in there with your recruiters and you get in there and you and you source the candidates, you connect with the, the counselors and you talk to them and, and you know you be a community here, you'll get a greater benefit than if you just post a job and just wait. Companies told one company um, told us, you know, we want to do more than post and pray. We want to be intentful. 
about reaching out to the community. And I love that quote, post and pray. I, I get it. Um, so, you know, I would say that to any VR counselor out there, and I was a VR counselor, the same way you build a plan with an individual, think about building a plan with business. And business, I say business because they're not just an employer, they're a business. It's not just the HR department. If you're working holistically with a company, build a plan that includes all their lines of business from HR to compliance, to their legal team, to facilities, because we all know if the facility is not accessible, if someone can't get in the door, <laughs> they're, they're not going to work there. So, you know, thinking broadly with the company about what that means to put a, a strategic plan in place with the company, just like you build a plan with a person. Thank you guys so much. And you mentioned um, and use the language check in a box, which I think most of us know what that means. Um, <laughs> but when we do think of the businesses that are in TAP and are federal contractors or subcontractors, um, how, how is TAP a benefit to them? as it relates to reporting and compliance and all those things that, you know, HR departments have to do. How, how can TAP benefit a business, especially those types that have um, or federal contractors and subcontractors, which is different than your traditional job boards? Well, I'm so happy you asked Tenash. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, Mike sent you that question, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> We, when, when, when I said initially that, you know, we surveyed um, before we built it, one of, the, one of the agencies we surveyed was the OSCCP. We said, what metrics do you look for or do you want in a portal? And we put those metrics in tap. There were six metrics that we put in tap. Before you keep going, because everybody might not know our alphabet suit, what is OFCCP? Okay, I'm sorry. That's the Office of Federal Compliance Programs, which is, which is an agency within the U.S. Department of Labor, which deals with, with um, federal rules compliances for businesses that work with the federal government, and those are called federal contractors. And the definition of that is if they make have a contract that's $50,000 a year or more with the federal government, then they fall under that auspice. And that's a Webster's Dictionary um, definition. <laughs> and I think the other thing that we've done with that relationship is both the NET and TAP, we have an uh, MOU, uh, Memorandum of Understanding, with the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs, uh, with the NET and TAP. We're both listed as resources for federal contractors that are looking at how to proactively build a strategy um, to build the talent pipeline and diversify that pipeline uh, to include people with disabilities. That, that's great. Just Kathy, just to sort of add some visual to this, uh, as Mike, you were, you were explaining. So what happens? So when, when um, businesses go to federal, um, the, the businesses want to get federal contracts, uh, they work with the um, uh, Office of Federal Compliance Programs um, and, and the, the individuals that are hired through TAP get reported as, uh, in terms of how the, comp 
in terms of their overall compliance to disability hiring? Is that the way it is or am I setting it up in a very naive way? I apologize here. Yeah, so how it works is the employers will just go about their business. They have the contract and then they, they hire whoever for the contract. Um, mm -hmm. And in that, that, they need to attempt to hire people with disabilities. The thing that OSCCP can do to them is inflict um, fines on them. They, they can put fines on them. And when they put the fines and they can go into you know, deeper and broader in an audit. So the companies are basically worried about getting audited and getting fined. When, they, when, they when their compliance is okay, that doesn't happen. And it's not just a whole company. It could be an address of a company, someplace like a, a bank, right? Who's a federal contractor. It could be an individual um, bank in a, in a certain city that gets that audit. So it's not just a whole, you know, a whole company. So when we write reports that say that, you know, to support the companies that work with us, if they do get audited, we'll write a report saying, yeah, they've been working with us and posting from this date through this date, blah, blah, blah. We have to put at, actually put the address, that um, specific address down that, that the audit is for. Thank you. So Mike, on the topic of the reporting or what's done kind of behind the scenes in TAP, when, when these federal contractors and subcontractors are working in TAP and they get whatever documentation they need, um, do you think that makes it easier for them oh. when it, as it relates to reporting? <laughs> so TAP, and I, I don't mean to take over the conversation, Kathy. I'm sorry. I mean, um, TAP has the reporting. It'll tell them not only how many jobs are posted. It'll tell them not only how, um, how many applications they got. It tells them when, when you know, how many jobs are, are expiring in the next seven days, they can actually, any search that they do that an employer does on the candidate, we keep it in, this, in the, the employer's account. So if there's a question, because sometimes there's a question, why don't you take this person? You know, somebody might file a claim, you know, I'm qualified, why don't you take this person? And if they, they deem them to be a qualified internet applicant, the OCCP, then they have to go back. The, the employer has to say, okay, I didn't hire them because they can actually go into TAP and that search is recorded. Every search that they did is recorded in the system. So they can pull up on a specific date, January 2nd, 2020. They can pull up that search and, and hand it to them, which will you know, show the, the auditor, well, these were the people that were there and this is why I picked this person. Any conversation that they have any email exchange, any live chat, any job fair um, communication is kept within their app, within their registration so that they can download it as a PDF and hand it to somebody if they need to, either internally or an external audit. That is awesome and makes, I'm sure that makes life so much easier for the businesses who are in tap. Yeah. Well, this is a known talent pool. Yes. So, you know, you're not having to explain how you knew this was a person with a disability. Mm -hmm. So it makes it easier right from the beginning. Which goes back to that self-disclosure that the custom, the individual does on the front end. So mm -hmm. it, it's like this match made in heaven type of situation to me. You brought up job fairs. What's the benefit of TAP again? <laughs> 
Let's go ahead, Kathy. Take well, in this new virtual world, we were already prepared for those virtual career fairs and hiring events. And uh, Mike, Mike's on the tech side. So do you want to go into, do you want to delve into any of those details? Sure. So, so we built the, we built the job fair functionality. Everything is proprietary on tap, right? We, we have nothing quote unquote off the shelf. It's, it's all built for us. And we built it. It's not, it's not a bells and whistles um, job fair. I mean, it's not, it's not avatar based. It's not that, I mean, nobody, you know, we don't need that, but it's fully functional. It, it, it works great. The employer, you know, the, the employers set up their, their chat rooms. The individual job seekers are invited to the, you know, to the job fair from the counselors, right? Their resume is already in the system. They come into the job fair, they'll see different, you know, the different employers, if there's multiple employers. Sometimes we have a single employer, sometimes we have multiple, and then they can go into the weight room. Let's say one employer, like we had a, a, um, a job fair for Wells Fargo. I think they had 12 recruiters in. It was one employer. They had 12 different recruiters in there. They can go in, see, okay, well, for this recruiter, there's a 15-minute wait. For this one, there's no wait. For this one, there's a 20-minute wait. And they go into a waiting room. They talk to the compute to the recruiter or the hiring manager. Either they say, "Hey, let's set up a preliminary interview," or, "Or you know, let's call you in for an interview," or "Thank you very much. We'll be in touch." Um, but their resume is available so that they can see you know what's going on right there. And it's a great way for you know an employer to to fill their their job their job requisitions. And it's accessible. It's accessible. Yeah, it's accessible. <laughs> like I said, we don't need we don't need bells and whistles. We need functionality and accessibility. Thank you for joining us for this first of two episodes on the Talent Acquisition Portal or TAP for Abilities Opportunities and the Future of Work podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to Kathy West Evans, Director of Business Relations for the National Employment Team at the Council of State Administrators of Vocational Rehabilitation, or CSAVR in short, and Mike Corso, co-founder and president of Disabled Person Inc. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted to future episodes. We want to take this opportunity to thank many individuals that have helped us kickstart this podcast, Especially, we want to thank our colleagues in Southeast Michigan Employee Resource Group who helped and participated in several brainstorming sessions, offering their advice and helping us plan this project. We also thank individuals at Michigan State University that helped us in reviewing podcast content and questions. Last but not the least, uh, our able podcast editor, Tyler Grass from Michigan Rehabilitation Services. Uh, this is Sriram Narayanan at Michigan State University. Uh, with my co-host, Nasha Ely um, at Michigan Rehabilitation Services, signing off. We want to remind our listeners that this podcast is a commercial-free community initiative. Just to remind you that if you have ideas, thoughts you want to share with, directly with us on the topic of abilities, opportunities, and future of work, please do consider reaching out.